You're listening to Lovecast with Carrie Nelson, where women shamelessly talk about sex, intimacy, and relationships. Conservative, toxic purity culture consumed my childhood and young adult life. Sex was a dirty word, so I ultimately became the perfect victim for predators, which resulted in repeated sexual trauma. Lovecast is designed to empower women to embrace their sexuality through education and ultimately creating stronger relationships. Empowered women are simply unstoppable. Utah is a unique place to live. We are one of the most conservative states because of our Christian-based heritage. Culturally, we are taught to lock down our sexual desires until marriage. Our schools teach abstinence-only sex ed. In this episode, we will be exploring how this impacts women and how we can rewrite harmful cultural scripts based around sex. I have two wonderful women joining me today for this episode. First, we have Felicia Hogan, who will be sharing her story. And we also have M. Thevenin, who is a sex therapist here in Utah. First, I'd like to introduce Felicia Hogan. Welcome to the show today, Felicia. Yeah, of course. All right, guys. So I love Felicia's story just because of how drastically different it is from most people in the United States. But here in Utah, it's a common story. Just a little background. We both grew up in the same neighborhood in Cedar Hills, Utah. We went to the same schools, had the same friends. But our experience with sex and intimacy has been the biggest difference in our relationship. Whereas I was thrown into it all at once, she continued to go slowly. All right, guys, this is pretty crazy, but her story with her husband is that they dated for almost four months before they even kissed. They dated for two years before they got engaged. And in those two years, they never lived together and they never did anything more than lightly kiss. Then they were married and it took a very long time before she was comfortable with sex and intimacy. So go ahead and pick up at the honeymoon and tell us about your experience, Felicia. So our honeymoon was great. Obviously, there was a couple fun moments. (laughs) There were a few of them, but we didn't do any any actual sex. We just got on the bed and watched Netflix, and that was pretty much first night. Like, it was nothing big, nothing crazy. We did a lot of spooning, just kind of trying to get comfortable with being in each other's bubble a lot more and being okay with it. But that was kind of first night, I know. How long before you guys were able to have sex comfortably? Well, it was a long time actually after that because we had to get to the whole feeling past the guilt kind of thing and just being like, this is okay. This is what it's meant to be, especially in our culture. And um, I had never been, I'd never gotten undressed in front of literally like really anyone so I was very self-conscious about that and I didn't want I know the guy's mind is typically you know that's what they think about but I also didn't want that to be lustful I wanted it to be real right so um there was we didn't really actually do it for a long time legitimately six 
Now I realize that Felicia's story of waiting six months to have sex with her husband for the first time after dating for over two and a half years may sound pretty crazy to a lot of people listening, but this is a pretty common script for a lot of women here in Utah. I now have M. Thevenin joining us to talk with me about this situation that a lot of women are experiencing here in Utah. Welcome to the show, M. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Now, M has created an amazing organization here in Utah called Honey Rose Haven, which has educated individuals on how to overcome sexual shame and find their authentic sexual expression. Not only is M a relationship and sex educator, but she is an event speaker and most importantly, a pleasure activist. So M, why did you create Honey Rose Haven? I created Honey Rose Haven because I was tired of seeing people suffer needlessly. Is it common for your clients to not have sex on their honeymoons? Have you seen this before? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's an interesting question. It, it's it's not uncommon. What's really common is body shame, which is underneath that. And a lot of my clients grew up in homes where they were shamed for showing too much of their body. They were asked to cover up constantly. They were told if they showed too much of their skin, they're responsible for another sexual desire for them. And they just felt really insecure about their naked body. And I mean, all of that is just so messed up. I feel like a lot of women can connect to what you're saying right there. So I'm really interested, Felicia. What was probably the most new and difficult thing to get used to on your honeymoon? And what did you have to adapt around the most? Growing up, you always want to have clear thoughts on not getting too crazy or frisky with someone else. And you just have that mental thought where it's like, this is a good thing not to be shameful, but in the right time and right place. And so obviously not getting married until quite a bit later and not having any kind of this experience, you know, I was 28. Then I had to change that mental thing of this is this is the way God had intended. I really hadn't seen any part of a male on the lower end at that point. I mean, except for like my anatomy class. But besides that, like it was, it's different. Yeah, it was extremely weird. And he's like, okay, so is it okay if we get undressed in front of each other? Because we were still at that weird time. And he's like, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess so. And he just, you know, just dropped his door. (laughs) Like, um... Yeah, okay, I'm just gonna be okay with this. It'll eventually not be as awkward. Now, Em, this sounds a lot like Felicia had to flip a switch in her head to go from being modest all the time and not seeking out nudity in any form to suddenly being thrust into a marriage where two people have to get undressed. Is it common for these women to have to flip the switch here in Utah after marriage? Yes, exactly. And I liked exactly how you say it, because that's what I refer to as a switch that has to get flipped on, you know, and if you're never exposed to a naked body growing up, and then all of a sudden you have to see someone naked and be naked, that's overwhelming. And I think culturally, we're uneducated about sex and nudity. So we just see it all as bad and unworthy. And it would help if we had more education and empowerment and just tools on how to be more comfortable in our bodies. An example like I give my clients is I'll have them stand in front of a mirror daily 
and massage their body with coconut oil. And as they do that, I ask them to say kind things to themselves and to their body and thank their body for specific things it does for them daily. And it's just a really healing practice that helps them feel less shame around their body and helps them feel more comfortable with nudity. I absolutely love that practice that you recommend your clients to do. I think every woman should consider doing that. In regards to Felicia, what were your thoughts and feelings on that whole process over desire and intimacy um, post-honeymoon? Do the whole foreplay or whatever. I kind of felt like Guy was kind of like, let's just get to it, you know, and for me, I just wanted to sort of appease him. Like, let's just take care, let's take care of you and make you satisfied and have you be happy. Because I still wasn't sure of how I wanted to be touched, how I wanted to be felt, how I wanted to feel satisfied without making either one of us feel uncomfortable about that. So I was like, well, I'm pretty sure you're pretty easy to appease and I'll I'll ask you and make you feel, I'll do whatever you want me to do to, to try and make you happy. And as far as me, I don't know. Now, M, is this something that you've seen as well with couples after their honeymoons? And um, is this a common thing that you work with clients on? And what do you recommend for them to improve this? There's so much shame and people go into these experiences uninformed and unprepared. And honestly, a lot of times it's like, I don't want to generalize between the genders, uh, but there it is like the two of them are speaking an entirely different different language when it comes to sex and if sex was like never or rarely talked about and they turned off their desire like you mentioned earlier like a light switch and then all of a sudden they're supposedly just supposed to magically turn it on during their honeymoon I mean that's not realistic and it's damaging and so it's understandable why it took your friend a while to be able to turn right that light switch back on and so I feel like what happens is couples go into their honeymoon especially if they're both virgins they go into it really overwhelmed and there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of shame and my heart just goes out to these couples and actually what I recommend is that they get support from a professional because what happens is they can carry that shame or that difficult honeymoon experience for a while and one of the things I actually have my couples do, and this is just an easy thing that people can implement, is that I, I have them bring awareness to the shame and start to write a new narrative around sex. And then I provide them with tools and resources and accurate information. And then I send them on a second honeymoon and they get to redo the first. And my couples actually have a great experience with this because they get to start a new story together with more pleasure better understanding of their bodies and better communication. And, and it's nice to just have intentionally some type of getaway that says, hey, now that we know better, this can be better. What areas do you focus the most on with your clients? So let's start with developing desire. A lot of my clients just weren't taught to own and discover their desires. It was more like, Lock it down, don't even acknowledge it until you're married and your spouse essentially unlocks it for you. Well, that's not okay. 
because we're sexual beings. And I help my clients really bring awareness to what they were taught about desire and then help them write new stories around desire and pleasure. It's okay to want. It's okay to experience pleasure. It's okay to spend time developing your authentic sexual expression and discover what you really want. And then I also teach about rewriting harmful cultural scripts. And there really are so many, I don't even know where to start. Like, for example, our general narrative around sex is is faulty. One framework says that sex is only penis and vagina with mutual orgasm and that brings bliss. That's wrong. It's a very goal-oriented framework and the focus is mainly on penetration with ejaculation. But sex is hundreds of ways to love and be loved and involves people with diverse bodies and diverse sexual expression. We also set up a performance model around sex. Like for example, we have to reach orgasm, look good doing it, and our bodies need to perform well. And we have this idea that sex needs little communication and goes off without a hitch. And all of that is false. And then I also teach clients how to embrace their capacity for pleasure. And I teach that pleasure is medicine. It's how we heal. And there are so many beautiful and creative ways to experience pleasure. We have a greater capacity for experiencing pleasure than we give ourselves credit for. So I help my clients understand their body. I help them connect really deeply to themselves and to their partner and find new ways to experience pleasure. Now, finally, Felicia, I was right by your side through most of this journey. And even though it seemed really crazy to me, it it worked out for you and Riley and you guys really have created a beautiful marriage. You're celebrating your third anniversary this weekend. Congratulations. And since you got to this point, what do you think about it all? How's intimacy and sex now in your marriage? Like we've gotten to the point where we have enough things that we know about each other, what we do and what we don't like. I mean, if there's any point where we're like, hey, this is a different idea. What do you, how do you feel about this? And then once we know how we feel about it, then we're down to doing it. (laughs) He is 100% like, if you're okay with it, then I'm okay with it. So he definitely treats me like a lady. (laughs) So I'm, I feel that my relationship with my husband's satisfying and comfortable. Thank you so much, Felicia and M, for joining us today on Lovecast. If you'd like to learn more about M and Honey Rose Haven, visit them at honeyrosehaven.org or you can find her on Instagram at honeyrosehaven. Join us next time on Lovecast.